we're live. How's it going, guys? It's me, Brendan Matula. Matula. And I'm Thomas Six. Brandon, go ahead and let them know. Guys, I am so excited for this episode. I hyped it up. I told y'all that this is going to be the best sports segment that we've had. And we're going to make good on that promise. We got a special guest that we will introduce momentarily. But today, just letting y'all know, the focus is college football. It is back, y'all. And I don't know about y'all, but it just feels a lot more real this year. Because last year, there was missed games and Mm -hmm. players having to be out with COVID and just so much uncertainty with the season. But it ended up being able to go through. But it just wasn't as real it didn't feel real because a lot of us couldn't go to the games and uh it was just not the same but it's back this year it is back and we are beyond excited and we're gonna talk your ears off this week about college football about this upcoming weekend and beyond uh just today we're like i said it's gonna be a focus on college football uh we're gonna talk about the future of college football concerning the conference realignment that's coming up. Uh, Our Heisman hopefuls, uh, final four predictions for the college football playoff, and then score predictions for this upcoming weekend, because we all know that week one is usually a doozy in college football. But, uh, Tommy, uh, before we get rolling and introduce our guests, uh, what do we have going on in the entertainment department today? Yeah. Uh, super excited for this episode. It's going to be super lit. And I actually, I agree a lot. It feels way more like 2019 and, and previous of uh, college football. Um, feels way more real. The excitement level is just absolutely through the roof. Uh, so I could not have said that any better. Um, as for pop culture, it's more of a hype up episode, at least on my end. Um, I'm going to come in the back end of the episode here with just a couple uh, news updates and tidbits about what's going on in pop culture. But uh, it's really just a hype up episode. And since that is the case, I will save what we're hyping up for the end. But it's huge. Two, the, the, the two biggest things that we're going to hype up are just really, really big. It's, uh, it's going to change a lot of things as far as uh, both music and films go. So very exciting stuff in the back end. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we can't get to that unless we get through the sports. So let's get through our sports. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest. He is from, uh, he's currently studying at Michigan State and uh, very excited to have him. I met him through an internship that him and I are participating in. And without further ado, Jack Hellman. How's Howdy, it everybody. It's nice Jack, to be on the show. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to talking about college football. And this time, you don't have to add the if this quarterback gets COVID, what position are they in? I'm happy to be back to normal where we don't have to worry about that at least as much. Yes, oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Jack, just uh, letting the audience know, like, just a little bit more about you. Uh, where are you studying, and what are you studying, and uh, and who's your favorite college football team? Yeah, so actually, for the first two years of my uh, studying in journalism, I was at Oakland University, where I ran a radio show, and I was on a podcast here or there, but then I uh, decided to transfer to Michigan State. It had been my dream school since, like, 2010, after the fake field goal against Notre Dame. 
And, uh, <laughs> you know, after something like that, you don't really lose it. So I'm still studying journalism and just looking forward to moving forward uh, with it, I guess. Awesome. And uh, that's really awesome. I can't wait to get to that. Talk about Michigan State football because that's uh, – I haven't heard a lot about it since they've made the playoff a few years back. But uh, I'm excited to get there. Excited to get there. But uh, to start things out, we're just – we just want to say thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. You guys just make it so worth it uh, for participating and doing and working through this podcast for all of us. And we just want to thank you for that. But uh, let's get this show on the road. It's about time. Uh, so we're going to start out with the future of college football. So if y'all did not hear, Texas and Oklahoma – are making a move to the SEC in 2025. And yes, when you hear that, you think, oh yeah, it's all the sports teams for those given schools that go to the SEC. Yes, but football has a different uh, presence when it comes to conference prowess. Uh, uh, Jack, I'll turn it to you. What was your first reaction when you heard about all of this, about Texas and Oklahoma making this move? Huh. Yeah, my first reaction, actually, I was shocked that Texas would even dare to leave their conference after an abysmal loss to Maryland, uh, one of the weaker schools in the Big Ten. You're champ now you're taking on a challenge like the SEC, and that just didn't make much sense to me. Yeah. I think uh, Oklahoma, you know, it seems like Oklahoma's always in that four seed in the playoff, and they just get stomped on by Alabama. And it's not like they haven't really – done anything against Alabama offensively it's just defensively they can't hold up I don't I, this is a defensive conference it doesn't make much sense if you're just looking at it in, from a football perspective maybe you're trying to raise the bar a little bit go to the most put you know two um, financially enabled teams and put them in a higher conference to get them more recognition but I just don't think you're going to be recognized as much amongst the elites and the biggest sport of cop in the NCAA, you know? So mm -hmm. it's definitely a big change. There's a couple ways this can go for the uh, big 12 sec. I mean, they got them. It's kind of too late now It 2024 and they're out. Yeah, man. Like my first reaction was just the same as yours. Like why? Because, I mean, first of all, like looking at Oklahoma, they almost have an automatic bid for the playoff every single year. You know, like they yeah, have that. Yeah, they've right. won. I, I I don't know the exact numbers, but they've I think they've won at least the last five conference championships. I think I think that's an accurate statistic. I'd have to look, but regardless, they have been dominating the Big Twelve. Regardless if they go undefeated and go to the national championship or the college football playoff they're always at the top and it's just it doesn't make sense to me because they always lose to an sec team so why would you want to go to a place where you would lose to the conference that you always lose to but uh i just think it's ridiculous in texas i don't know what they're trying to do it's just ridiculous but uh but the big point that needs to be seen here is that it the this small move to not really small, but like these two teams, only two teams moving to the SEC has major ramifications 
across college football. Like we've seen that um, Jack helped me with this. If you know, I, I think the PAC 12 big 10 and ACC have decided to have an alliance. Yes. What, what that, do you think about that? I think that's the big story here. It's you're leaving out it, for one thing, you're leaving out the big 12 in, and I think that's just a huge move from itself because you got to, you know, now you, you're not really helping them and it kind of shows you're excluding the oppor- you know, you're still leaving the opportunity on the table to possibly poach their members as soon as the big 12 begins to fall apart, which almost seems inevitable when your two highest paid or most reputable brands are leaving your conference. I right. mean, you think about it now, who's really the leader of the big 12. I can't point it out. I think you're probably looking at Iowa state, right? I yeah. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> Iowa State uh, I don't know I and I'm a fan of their coach I think I thought he would he would have been a great candidate for the Michigan job if Jim Harbaugh was fired last year but I just can't stand here and say they hold up well there's a lot of proposals in the air like BYU and Boise State joining them but that still is just an unsettling thought like it I think it's already proven just going into a power five conference doesn't help you as much as you would believe it would in recruiting. It still leaves you vulnerable. Those teams do often end up getting killed very early in their tenure in this conference. And, you know, you still look at teams like Rutgers and Nebraska, and those are small moves to go to the big 10 because they're not these big market teams, but you look at the big 10 PAC 12 and ACC and, I think you start to assume, you know, what happens when they do poach the Ohio State or the Michigan and just form the super conference. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's ridiculous. And it's just I'm upset that, like, if college football does go in this direction, hot take right here, I think it's going to make it less watchable. I just don't think it makes it as exciting. It's a little too structurized if there's all these alliances and everything. But – uh I'll turn it to Tommy just to get a tidbit from him. Tommy, what do you, what do you make of all this? uh, Like just conference moving around. Like, what do you think? I, I, oh man, it's tough because I'm trying to see it from coin, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to speak as a fan of college football. And I, that being said, I have never been more excited for college football than this year. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the fact that I'm now in college and that's probably it, but bias and age aside, all this moving around and shifting and this focus now that we can finally, we've been holding our breath with COVID for a year that we can finally exhale. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think college football is going to be an extreme shift as far as world events go. It, um, namely the country, but potentially world events uh, if it has a big enough impact. Um, mm-hmm. And that's all going to start with the games. And because of the shifts, the games are going to be very exciting and interesting to watch. And like you guys had mentioned earlier, and you guys did an amazing job, the eyes right now are on Texas and Oklahoma. That's it. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's other things. Don't get me wrong. But what are the two things we're going to be watching this season? Uh, in my opinion, I think it's Texas and Oklahoma. Are they going to thrive? Are they going to be okay? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So like, yeah, what you're saying really is like 
like so from what I got from that is that you like it the way it is now just with the conference alignment so I yeah. yeah I can agree with that it's just ridiculous I'm just not a fan of it and like I said I'm just kind of pessimistic towards it and I really don't want it to happen because yeah it sounds good for like a fan like me who's a fan of U.H. we might get in the Big 12 finally you know mm-hmm. but that may not happen now because or that may happen but it may not have as much weight as it would with Texas and Oklahoma in there but uh well but, that's uh, the question right like how much weight does the Big 12 even hold when you lose two playoff contenders like Texas and Oklahoma yeah. i get Texas hasn't been elite as of late ever since yeah. actually the I'm back comment by Ellinger. But <laughs> yeah. Either way, I mean, you you begin to lose credibility as an elite conference and of this power five. And I, I think we could see a shrink to a power four. What do you think of that scenario where each where see. we shift away from the Big 12 entirely and we shift into a 16 team uh Per four conferences, you only play a fraction of the teams in each conference. But if you were to set up, you know, you still got to set up the elite matchups. I think in order to create the most optimal chance for your for your champion for your conference's title contender. Yeah, I think that's terrible. I I just don't like that because I love the idea of college football having so many conferences and so many different teams and less unison. You know, like it's it's fun that it's divided because I love the NFL, but the, one of the things I don't like is that how structurized it is. You know, mm-hmm. because if there's a sixteen team conference, like how like how can you really say if you only play seventy um, percent of those teams, uh, a little more than seventy percent of those teams, and call yourself the conference champion? You know. Like yes. the NFL, as structured as it is, you play all the you play all the teams in your division, you know. And but in college, in this college scenario, the way they're wanting it to go, it looks like they won't even get to even get close to playing their whole division or their their whole division, you know, not even seventy percent, you know. So it's like, I know that's kind of like how it already goes, but I I it just makes it worse when it's all these conferences, you know? So but. I do think you play your division. You wouldn't play your entire conference. And that's yeah. the, that's still a growing issue in the Big Ten, I'd even argue, right now, where the East is so much better than the West. And you just see, you know, like we'll see Iowa emerge or Northwestern pop out. But we all know if Iowa, Northwestern, Minnesota, um, Wisconsin were to go into that college football playoff, they'd lose by 30 every time to Bama. Our only hope, yeah. really, in the Big Ten, I would even argue, outside of Clemson and Ohio State, there are no teams in other conferences who pose a major threat to Bama. Yeah, yeah I think Auburn does because they're a rival. Georgia does. They're interconference rivals with a tough defense. Florida, kind of. I don't know. I think there's a lot of variation to that, but I would definitely propose that in a way, you're the outside of the SEC. It's so uncompetitive at the yeah. moment that it doesn't affect much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could get on with that. Yeah, 
Well, I agree. But, uh, yeah, but uh, we're running out of time for this segment. But uh, let us know what you all think uh, about this conference realignment coming up. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Uh, just let us know. But uh, moving on, uh, we're going to be talking about the Heisman run, uh, front runners for our preseason, for the preseason. Uh, a lot of big names left the left college football last year, such as Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, uh, what's his name, Mac Jones, and then the pre- uh, the previous winner, Devonta Smith. Just a very stacked draft class all around. And, Zach uh, Wilson. Oh, Zach Wilson too. That's a big one too. Let's go and BYU. Just, yeah, <laughs> Jalen Waddle. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, just a very talented draft class, and it's just really cool because I feel like this is a new class of uh, players that are just going to start making it big and start making noise. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and give my top three and just explain each one, and then Jack will give his. And then, Tommy, if you want, you can give us uh, your takes on yeah. any of these if you have them. But uh, uh, the this is not in – well – yeah, okay. I'm going to start at three and then move up to one. So at three, I got Derek King. I mean, he is a six-year senior, and his arm has continued to get better. And he had one of the fastest recoveries ever with, with his ACL injury. So he will be playing against Alabama, and I've heard that he's healthy. He's good to go. And I think he's going to be great this year. And I'll mention this later on, but I think Miami is going to be very successful this year with their football football program, possibly even a playoff bid. Who knows? We'll get to that later. But I think D.R. King, he's a dual-threat guy. He's a – I mean, I think – I think if I were to compare him to a player this year, I think he's a smaller Justin Fields. Just a, a, smaller, a smaller guy. He can move, create big plays, and honestly, he can have a lot of Heisman moments especially as a six-year senior. So that's exciting. Uh, but moving on, I think JT Daniels, your twin, Tommy. <laughs> oh, gosh. J- JT Daniels, number 18 out of Georgia. I think he's going to have a big year. I think this is Georgia's time to shine in the SEC, and it's really going to shine through, and he's going to have a big opportunity for a big moment against uh, – against Clemson week one, and we'll get to that later. And then at number one, uh, I really have this guy just going off this year. I have Spencer Rattler. I think this guy's a perfect combination of Baker Mayfield and uh, and Sam Bradford, former quarterbacks for the Oklahoma Sooners, both of, the, both of which were Heisman Trophy winners. And – I just think he's got a he's just a very talented kid. He can he can move a little bit. He, he can uh slip tackles like uh Baker Mayfield, but he's got an arm. He has got a rocket just like Sam Bradford and I think he's going to have a record-setting year for the Sooners. Like he's going to break some kind of record, maybe touchdowns in a season or touchdowns in a game, who knows. But I think he's going to be the player to watch this year and I think he can lead the Sooners to a playoff berth. But that is my top three. Um, Jack, you want to go ahead and give yours? Yeah, so I have to agree with you on number one. I think Spencer Rattler is the key right now, is the 
I guess, big guy on campus, right, where he came in, he was 10th in passing yards last year. He tied for fifth in interceptions inside that top 10 with Sam Howell, who's going to be another one on my list. But uh, he returns great running backs in, in, a, uh, in Kennedy. You also keep – or you got Eric Gray through the transfer portal. And you return a couple of loaded receivers who have just been stars. Uh, Marvin Mims comes to mind or Jaron Hasselwood. Last year, you didn't really get to see these guys. I mean, the season was so short, their stats don't really reflect it. But yeah. I think these guys could be explosive players. And I, I would argue the number one thing that gets a guy into this into a position where he is the Heisman is the team around him. Yep. I mean, absolutely. people like Takvaloa or Jalen Hurts, you saw what they could do, what they did at Bama with teams around them. And then you saw – or I guess Jalen Hurts is a better example at Oklahoma, but it's all about who's around you with these guys. Yeah. Um, JT Daniels comes to mind too. I think he comes back. He returned, his team returns 67% or he comes off of a 67% completion percentage and their team is returning 67% of their offensive production, which is just insane. Not only that, but you look at his division, and he only uh, in last year Florida was in the way. But Florida has lost, has lost so much of their production to the NFL. You don't really know what's in their way. I think it's theirs to lose. When a guy makes it to the conference championship, I think, especially a quarterback like that, you deserve it. My issue with him that puts him at number two, you got to look at his mobility, and I think that's where your guy King kind of excels. Um, that would put him in the three spot. And that's why I got to throw out Sam Howell too. I think he's a little bit better than JT Daniels, but throwing when you lose your top two receivers last year, your top two running backs, both of his running backs, by the way, last year were top five round picks, which kind of means the focus wasn't on him. I don't have as much faith in him. To me, Sam Howell sounds like a Kyle Trask of this year where he came in. He was good just not elite to the point where you put him as the Heisman contender as the Heisman winner. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. you're, so just to recap your top three and or, and one to three is Spencer Rattler. And then who do you have at two? Daniels. And then I got to move it over to King. I think uh, Powell wow. has a, yeah, I, I got to move out Powell. That's my issue. Um yeah. I think he's gotten a lot of attention this year, rightfully so. He's a talented guy. He's going into his junior year, and he's produced a lot for UNC since I would have to say Trubisky did back when, geez, that is 2015, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> Gosh, where did all the time go? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, but last year he did have two 1,000-yard rushers on his team. He had – he's losing two of his top receivers, I think – you take a step down. I mean, Morgan, I can point to multiple guys like Mor- or Tanner Morgan from uh, Minnesota last year had the same situation where he lost Johnson. He even kept Rashad Bateman, and he wasn't the same because he lost so much on that offense. Yep. So that'll be a main point of emphasis, I think, moving forward. Yep. And I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't even leave uh, UNC this year as a junior. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think – yeah, and – Gosh, I, I think he would be in my top five. Absolutely. I think he's a great quarterback, probably the best quarterback in this draft class coming up because I don't think Spencer Rattler is graduating this year. I think he's going to stay one more year at least. 
But uh, I think he's the best graduating uh, or best quarterback that's declaring for the draft this year. So, nice. yeah, I, I agree with that. And then uh, one another yeah. note on him is uh, uh, with Sam Howell is that he's got a coach that's coached uh, Colt McCoy and Vince Young and Mac Brown. So, yeah, if he wants to have like a Heisman-esque season and bring his team as far as possible – then he's got the perfect coach for it. And he's been with this coach, Mac Brown, for a good four years, his whole career. So uh, it'll be fun to watch just from here. But uh, Tommy, uh, you want to pick at anything yeah. that we said? Just all right. Yeah. I, yeah. So I actually, I have my, my pick who I think is very reasonable. Uh, and then I have kind of like a personal pick that would be fun. And then I have a sleeper pick as well. Okay. Cause you know me, I like to try and be different. So, <laughs> um, my, ob- not, maybe not obvious, potentially obvious, but, uh, my number one pick is JT Daniels. Okay. Um, I'm a little biased cause people say we look just like each other. Um, <laughs> so maybe there's some bias there, but all jokes aside, I think he can throw the Dane pigskin. I think he's really talented and, um, I think he knows what he's doing and he's very mature when he's on the field. Um, so I got JT Daniels. As for my personal pick, that would just be fun, is Georgia Tech quarterback Jeff Sims. Okay. Um, he my favorite football player of all time is Lamar Jackson. Like I grew up with him, not with him, but I grew up idolizing him in middle school and high school. Um and Jeff Sims gives me a lot of Lamar Jackson deja vu. Hmm. Um I like the way he runs. He's quick. He's a tiny little guy, but he's quick. I mean, six three is not tiny, but can, he kind of looks tiny in his football pads and his helmet. But he's quick. I think he's a quick guy, and I think yeah, he gives me a lot of Lamar Jackson potential. And that being said, it would be fun to see Jeff Sims go off this year, and I'm rooting for him. And then, really quickly, um, I so this is my sleeper pick. So I worked for an internet company last college football season, and when you click, like, when you log on, you're getting calls your entire shift. And mm-hmm. I would have work on Saturdays, so I would just turn the TV on. And whichever games were playing, like, I'm not a huge football fan. I, my favorite sport is ba- – I like watching basketball and hockey. But uh, it was Saturdays, and that's college football day. So yeah. I would just turn on the TV at ESPN, and then I would just throw the remote on the couch and sit on my desk with my c- computer. And whatever game came on, I was pretty much forced to watch. And I, there's a guy, there's one guy who stood out to me because I I was pretty bored talking to the, it was a customer service job. It was very boring and I hated it. (laughs) So I was watching the TV a lot and there was one guy who stood out to me every single Saturday or every Saturday that he played. And that is Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma state. Wow. Um, Okay. Yeah. I mean, his stats are pretty cool. You know, 2000 yards in 2019 and, and 2020. And I thought that, I mean, you know, was pretty good and 62% completion. I don't, I'm not a, once again, I'm not huge on football. So you guys would have to tell me whether that's bad or good or bad. Um, I feel like that's pretty good though. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think he's got potential. He's got, uh, what's his name? Uh, he's out of Oklahoma state, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's fun. Yeah. He's fun to watch. Uh, I think Mike Gundy is going to be a great coach for him, but, uh, out mm-hmm. of those picks, I think JT Daniels is the most realistic. Yes. Uh, I think I he has potential to have a great year and Hey, your twin might win the Heisman. So 
Shoot, be... might, might have to go to the club after he wins and be like, I'm JT Daniels, see if they'll let me in. <laughs> so I do have a question for you, actually, Tom. How are – is Georgia Tech still running the triple option offense straight out of the huddle, or are they – I think they are. They, I believe they are. They still run it. Them and Navy and Army are the three yes. that run it. Yep. Okay. At least to my knowledge. Yeah, so, so he's going to get a lot of running. So, yeah, I could see where you get the Lamar Jackson uh, comparisons because he does a lot of running, and he's just – and I'm looking at him right now. He's a four-star recruit, and that's – I'm not trying to knock on your guy, Lamar, but Lamar was a three-star recruit. Yeah. You know? So, good for Georgia Tech. I uh, did not know about him until now, so thank you for – Yeah, Jeff Sims. Keep an eye on him, man. He might, just, he might just sweep under the radar, but – Dude, keep an eye on them. Sweet, sweet. Well, moving on, uh, just really quickly, we're just going to give our um, top four predictions, and then next we're going to give our score predictions of uh, the top five games I told y'all in episode six to watch for. But but let's get it rolling to finish off strong. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go first and just give my top four and why, and then we'll just rotate. And then, Tommy, if you got some, Go ahead and give it, and then, but if not, just uh, give us your top what you think will be, or yeah. what who who you think was more realistic out of this. But uh, so mine is number four, Miami, and I say this because Miami has a really, really big chance week one to make a big statement, and that's Alabama. And if they beat them, they have a great chance to go to the playoff because Clemson. I really don't think Clemson's going this year. I don't to spoiler alert. I don't have Clemson in this final four. I don't, but the reason why I have Miami at four is because I think they'll lose one game along the way. That's just how Miami fans know. That's just how it works. Like even when they're good, they lose one game kind of like that one year uh, where, where they won the orange bowl. It went to the ACC championship with Clemson, but I think they have a big year this year. And then at number three, I got Georgia. Another one-loss team, in my opinion. I think they'll lose to Florida or somebody in their conference. But uh, I think this is their year. I was talking about JT Daniels. He can flat-out sling it. Tommy was talking about him, too. Mm-hmm. I think they make it to the playoff. And then at number two, I think Ohio State is the team – that will take the second spot. Um, I'm just like, they have a guy that's literally coming from high school. I think he was supposed to be a senior in high school this year, but he's playing this year. And y'all might be hearing this and be like, Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. But think about that. There's lots of great quarterbacks out there. And Ohio state's deciding to go with a guy that was supposed to be a senior this year. So that tells me that they probably think this guy is pretty dang good. So I think he's going to go off this year, and I think they'll get the number two spot. And then at number one, and the team that, in my opinion, is the favorite to win the college football national championship is Oklahoma. I think Spencer Rattler has a Heisman season, as Jack attested, that they will like. They have a lot of returning running backs and a transfer. Uh, they just, it's Oklahoma's year, and I think they win the national championship and they 
finish the season undefeated. They will not lose a game this year. Uh, like all the teams that usually trip them up, Kansas State and Iowa State, I don't think that's happening this year. Maybe Iowa State, we'll have to see. But that game, to my knowledge, is a home game this year, so they don't have to worry about losing away there in for against Iowa State. But that's my top four. Uh, Jack, uh, first off, what do you think about my top four? Like, it's excluding Alabama and Clemson, just to keep in mind. But uh, what do you think about it? Just first thoughts. Yeah, so my first thought is Miami's a good choice, but it's also difficult because their non-conference schedule is kind of tough. Yeah. So if you are besides to lose, Al- I would say besides Alabama, yeah, you're right. If you are to lose to Alabama – then you get a week off. You get to play F State. You know, it's not exactly a week off, but kind of. Don't overestimate them, though. Michigan did the wrong thing in, like, I think it was 2008. But uh, then you go and pl- then you play Michigan State at home, which I don't think will be, t- will be a loss, but I think it'll be tougher just because of all the transfers coming in. There's not as much film. You don't know who the star is, really. Not even the people here do. So I've been talking to a lot of people who are very confused on who's going to kind of lead our team and be yeah. our guy like Simmons last year. And then you got UNC, which is a, another tough one. I think uh, those three, you could get stumped. And uh, then, assuming you make it that far, you're playing Clemson in the title game. That's always a tough game. And I know Dabble Sweeney has been falling lately, but I don't think he's falling too far yet. Um, King? You're, if King has the season, you it has a Heisman caliber season. They have a shot against every team, but I still think Alabama gets them week one. But we'll get into that one later. Outside of that, though, I, I'm pretty confident with your three picks. I think Bama and Clemson are kind of locks most years, except for this year, evidently. Um, I got – so the way I have it, I have Bama – OSU, Clemson, and then Oklahoma squeezing in. I'm always worried about Oklahoma. I feel like if there's one day where they just struggle on offense, there's nothing they can do, and that's what's happened in the past. Clemson, the funny thing is Clemson, OSU, and Bama all come in with new quarterbacks this year. So there's a (laughs) lot of question marks. OSU comes in. uh, They're actually not starting Ewers, that senior in high school. Uh, they're starting C.J. Stroud, who's supposed to be pretty well off, and uh, you're. Lo- I'm looking forward to seeing him. I know that their system is very quarterback friendly, where it just slants. They're going to force the mismatches, but I honestly have them going undefeated simply because they're in the Big Ten, and I don't see somebody posing that big of a threat to them in the Big Ten this year. Um, then you know, Bama at my first spot. To me, it's just kind of obvious. I don't see every year they have the same talents around them. Last year was just phenomenal, but I still don't see somebody in the US or in the SEC catching up to them. Outside of Georgia, who might – I don't know if they play in the regular season, but I know they can meet in that SEC championship game where anything can happen. Um, well, this is what I think will happen with Bama – like, um, like obviously in this scenario, like for me, like I pick Miami, mm-hmm. I think Bama will lose to Miami and then they'll bounce back and they'll finish off strong. And then they'll lose their last game 
against Auburn. I think Bo Nix in his senior year, I think it's his senior year. But American anyway, coach. Bo Nix, like very experienced quarterback and also a very passionate guy about Auburn football. Like he's been a fan since he was a child and like he's going to want to win that game regardless of how Auburn's doing. And I think that ruins Alabama's playoff aspirations. And then you'll see Alabama in the championship game still, but I think Georgia has the edge. So, which is why I have Georgia in the national championship. So you have Alabama with three losses. You're getting bold. Yes. Yes, I am. Because I I mean, I'm sorry. Like that Alabama team is probably the best one they've had in a while, you know? So all healthy, all healthy. There's no beating that team. Like that's just, that's just me. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I like your I like your picks though. Um, they're probably more realistic. Than mine. I kind of wanted to have fun with it, but still realistic for me. But uh, Tommy, just uh, really quickly, uh, any thoughts about our top four? Who you think is better? Heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's tough for me to say uh, who has the better top four. I think you take more risks, Brandon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which could pay off, but with college football, it's just so. It's such a gamble, and I say that as a literal thing, like as gambling. It is, it is so flip floppy, and it's hard to, it's hard to say. And as and if when you're a you know co-host of a podcast, you should know what to say, and I <laughs> promise I do. But I also don't want to be like, oh, I'm so confident this team's winning, and then they end up dead last, like the freaking Rockets this year in the NBA. <laughs> so. Um, I'm just trying to watch my mouth, basically. But that being said, um, Brandon, you know I like to, I like to go crazy with my picks and make outlandish picks, just because it's fun for me. <laughs> and I, and I, and I don't. As far as college football goes, I don't really have. Besides Louisville, I don't really have a team that I'm like diehard fan for. So, I mean, my four that I think would be fun slash like sleeper teams is once again Oklahoma State. In the coaches' poll, they had them 22nd. Um, and I think yeah. that's pretty interesting. I think that it shows a lot about the players on the team. And yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm excited to see Oklahoma State. I think it's, that's going to be fun. Um, yeah, they would have to beat Oklahoma in the in Bedlam if they mm-hmm. want get, to get to the championship. But, yeah. Yep, that's, that's one of those things I, I that's so – go ahead. Yeah. I think this is the first time they've been pre-ranked in a while, like maybe two years. Yeah. It's been a while, and because of that, I think they have the mojo and the pieces together. And it's, yep. they've just been fun to watch. Like when, like I was saying, when I was, I had to watch TV while I was doing it, and I was like, oh, Oklahoma State's on. This is pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I would like to see Oklahoma State thrive. I went to – so this is my other team, sleeper team that I really hope does well, just because it's fun, and I don't think a lot of a lot of other people uh, assume that they'll do well. Although they're pretty highly ranked in both the uh, in both polls, um, is Iowa State. So yeah, I watched Iowa State play Baylor. I don't know if you guys remember. It was 2019. They played Baylor, came down to the absolute absolute wire, the very last play. Uh, Baylor. They were going for a field goal, and the the guy who was supposed to catch the snap fumbled it. Baylor uh, picks it back up, and that's game. Dang. And it was a field goal to win, and it was in. It was at McLean Stadium, 
And I was there in person, and the whole time I'm like, holy smokes. Like, I know Baylor's just a fluke this year. I know they're not really about that action. But Iowa State, they could be legit. Yeah. So, you know, watching them, it was fun. It was like, okay, this team is freaking legit. They're freaking – they're giving Baylor work at McLean Stadium. So, we'd love to see Iowa State go far, too, because that was just fun. We'd love to see Utah go far, as well as Oregon. I think those teams would be fun to watch and see them go far. But realistically, I've got Oklahoma – Georgia. I actually do have AM and Alabama. Wow. A uh, okay. little bit of bias there with Texas and being close to College Station, but I there's just so <laughs> much right on AM and I going my whole family, they're all AM fans. So going to the games in College Station, I've never, ever, ever been around a fan base like Texas AM fans. Brandon, you could probably attest to that if you've been <laughs> to a game. They're insane. And whether that's in a good or a bad way, well, I won't say because I don't want to lose listeners, but I've got AM. <laughs> Georgia, OU, Alabama, realistically as my top four. So those are, those are just kind of my tidbits and my thoughts on that. Wow, three three SEC teams. Wow, what? Gosh. Wait, can, <laughs> is that even possible? Can you do that? Have three Honestly, SEC? like, okay, if you were talking about any other conference, probably not, but SEC, I honestly wouldn't be that surprised. Like, if S, like this is what would have to happen. A&M would have to go undefeated, but they would have to only lose to Alabama. Alabama would have to go undefeated, and then so it, it's probably not going to happen then. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, very interesting. Uh, I love the I love your hype with Oklahoma State, but uh, yeah, I think they're legit, man. I think they could go far. Yeah, but uh, but okay, but from here, uh, uh, that was really fun. Just talk about our top four, and then this is our last segment. My probably my favorite segment. We'll try to do this. Uh, for every Thursday episode, just with uh, uh, how we're just going to formulate this and just we're going to do score predictions for the weekend. We'll do this with other games that come out, like with NBA and other this. But we're doing this for the first time because it's college football. So why shouldn't we? And we're going to be mainly predicting these five games. Uh, the, I mentioned them earlier, the top five matchups coming up uh, this weekend. Again, because of COVID last year, there wasn't a lot of opportunities for neutral-sided games and just big football, big out-of-conference games. So there's a lot of those in here. So the top five includes, if you all remember from Episode 6, Texas taking on the Raging Cajuns, a a top 25 matchup. Uh, Texas has their new coach uh, coordinator from – uh, offensive coordinator from Alabama, so it'll be fun to watch how they do this year. And uh, this first game will be telling because it's a top 25 matchup. And then next, we have a shootout, most likely. And this might be a little biased, but it's also fun because it's a in-state game that's going to probably be a really crowded game in NRG Stadium. We're home of the Houston Texans. It's going to be Houston Cougars versus Texas Tech Raiders. Should be a fun offensive game and then from there we got a top 20 matchup between indiana and iowa a conference matchup so that's at number three and then the top two don't even top two games don't even compare to the rest of these it's miami and alabama at number two for the chick-fil-a kick chick-fil-a kickoff and then clemson and georgia for the duke's mayo kickoff i think that's what it's called <laughs> but uh yeah, we're just going to go through and just give our score predictions for each one. We'll start with Texas and uh, Raging Cajuns out of Louisiana Lafayette. But uh, I'll go first. 
So for this one, I got Texas beating the Raging Cajuns at home, 42-24. to 24. And yes, I know uh, Louisiana Lafayette is ranked, but I don't know. I kind of have high hopes for this new Texas coach. I keep forgetting his name, but uh, Jack, if you know it, help me out. But uh, um, yeah, I, I think Texas – is bring Texas bringing back Bijan Robinson, great running back for Texas. Uh, he was a freshman last year, and he took the starting role over uh, um, over Ingram. Are you talking 26. about Matt Wells by any chance? Sorry to interrupt, but are you talking about Matt Wells out of the, Utah State? No, no, no. I'm talking about uh, the court. The Texas's new coach is Alabama's former offensive coordinator. Oh, Texas! I thought you were talking about Texas Tech. Oh no, Texas and raging. Yeah, Texas and Louisiana Lafayette. So I got 42 to 24 for that. But uh, okay, from well, here we'll just rotate our picks. Uh, Jack, do you want to uh, show what you have for this Week One matchup between Texas and Lafayette? Yeah. So going into Going into this game, Texas has lost a lot between Ellinger, who is a massive amount of their production, and also their running back. I think I have to go with Louisiana, as crazy as it wow. sounds. They return the most offensive. They per, they return the most production uh, out of anybody in the country at around 97%. And I, I'm not going to bet against experience in week one. So I'm going to take them in a close one, 24-27. Wow. Okay. Uh, Tommy, do you have score predictions? or I I don't want to make a fool of myself, so but I hey, don't. Hey, you know what? Why not? Like, you might you might beat us. You never know. It's college football. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I guess you have a point here. Well, actually, if you don't mind, I wanted to backtrack a little bit. Just for any anybody who's new to college football, any listeners that are new to college football and, and just new to sports in general, something, you said something that actually sparked my mind. You mentioned that all th- – the three teams I had from the SEC uh, going to the Final Four, I just wanted to touch on that, actually, if you don't mind. I, I yeah, would like ahead. to use that time real quick. So uh, is that is that allowed in college football? And is that yes. fairly yes. – has, has it been done before? Is it possible for anyone it, that's – It hasn't happened with three because the college football playoff is uh, is uh, a, a new – a new for a uh, new championship format. It started mm-hmm. in 2015, but uh, there has been two teams out of the SEC in the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that's happened. Yes, that's okay. happened before. So, but uh, moving on, uh, do, do you have a score prediction for Texas and Lafayette? Yeah, I actually do. I think this game, personally, I think this game is going to be a blowout. Just kind of looking at the rosters and looking at the teams. And uh, I know Texas is in a new territory, but I think it's going to be a blowout. So, honestly, bro, like, <sighs> tough to say because I don't want to go too crazy with the blowout. But trying to be realistic, I think Texas scores – I think – oh, man. Texas beats Lafayette 30, 35-7. Oh wow! Okay, that's. I think that it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think Texas is going to really kill them and de- defensively. Keep in mind, like I said, seven. I think they score a touchdown on them because Texas lets them have one. 
just to keep things exciting, honestly. But other than that, I think Texas just toys around with them and they use them as warm up for later games. Wow. 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 That's a hot take folks. But uh, yeah, you know, I love my hot takes. Love being controversial. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But from here, we'll just run through these just to be quick. Uh, Next up is Houston versus Texas tech in the Texas kickoff. Man, like I can't pick against my Cougs. And, I was about uh, to say, I know who you're picking. <laughs> <laughs> but realistically, I only think we would win by seven. Uh, I think we win 30 to 23. I wish, I hope it's a higher scoring game, but I just kind of wanted to be realistic for this. They're going to be a little gun shy for week one, a lot of these guys. So 30 uh, 21 is my score. Uh, Jack, what do you got for this matchup? My question to you is, is Houston still running the air raid? Yes, still are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I'm going to take him in that one. I think I'm okay. going to take Houston. As weird as that sounds, um, <laughs> you know, Houston, they were they averaged about 30 points a game in their last year. Now, it is worth mentioning they are 0-5 when they score less than 37, which isn't a good number. But going through the air raid means a few missed assignments. And you know you got twenty, you got twenty one points off the uh, right off the deck. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna take. I have to take Houston on the air raid because uh, I think week one mistakes are made, and that's when it kills you the most. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay, uh, you got a score for that? Just uh, just one. Do you think it'll be close or? I think I'm gonna go forty nine thirty five. Wow. I would love that. I would love it if it's high scoring like that. But uh, I think that's the only way they hang in it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But, uh, Tommy, you got a uh, score prediction? Quick. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we're going to yeah. make these quick. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to offend anyone with my score prediction. So, <laughs> oh, man, I I'm going to go. I am going to go Houston because Houston has home advantage. And I love you, Brandon. And, and bias aside, I mean, we're from, you know, we're from Houston. But, oh, gosh, I'll go Houston. Jack, you said, did you say 35-42? 49. 49-35? Yep. Yeah. Honestly, I'm kind of thinking the same thing, if I'm being honest. Okay. Oh. Yeah. We have three. Up- <laughs> we agreed on an upset. I'm proud of us. <laughs> yes but uh, okay we're running low on time so i just want to touch up on one game and let's move to that miami miami alabama game yeah what do you got for your score you got the upset i want to hear it so i got miami winning 37 35 and i know that's a weird score but i just think the only way miami stays in this game is just scoring at every opportunity they can so if it's fourth and two at the twelve yard line. You go for a field goal, and you just get all the points you can. And I think they shock Alabama, but Alabama makes a push at the end. It'll look like Miami's going to win thirty seven twenty eight, but instead Alabama's just going to uh, take over from there. And then, uh, yeah, uh, what do you have in that game? I think I've seen it close one too many times in the first half. I think it's going to be. Probably something like 17-7 at the end of the first, Alabama, and then Alabama pulls away and wins, like, I got to say, like, 34-14. Wow. Okay. 
blowout then. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I love that we have different opinions. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just to run through it real quick, you're a Big Ten guy. At number three, uh, uh, who do you have in Indiana versus Iowa? Uh, you never bet against Iowa at home. Michigan learned it. Ohio State learned it. Penn State learned it. Michigan State in the prime learned it. So I'm going with Iowa in a low-scoring affair, 14-17. Nice. Okay, okay. I got Indiana 27-21. And the game of the weekend, I think it's the host of college game day. Uh, yeah, it's the Dukes-Mayo kickoff, and it's between – Number five, no, number three, Clemson, and number five, Georgia. Uh, and I, I think we should, I think it's only right we just uh, make our predictions for this. Uh, I got Clemson 35, no, I got Georgia 41 to 35. Yep. So I think uh, Clemson is, this is their make or break. I think they have been falling for the past few years to this team who is making from a team who was contending for the championship to a team that's just consistently making it. I think this kind they know that and this they have to squeak this one out. Brett Venables dies up dials up a couple of blitzes uh, and confuses the young Georgia line with two new additions to the starting lineup. I think they win. 35-27. You say Georgia wins? No, Clemson oh, wins. Oh, Clemson. Clemson. Okay, okay. Awesome. And, Tommy, just cap it off. You want to just throw a uh, score in just to wrap yeah. things up here? Yes, I do. I also wanted to point out, I think Alabama beats Miami 56 uh, to 42. I think it's a high-scoring game. Wow. Okay, okay. I think it's gonna be super high scoring. At least I hope. From from a from an average fan's point, I hope there's a lot of high, a lot of action. But uh, yeah, realistically, with this uh, Georgia and Clemson game, Jack couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, Clemson, I, I love I love them. They're fun to watch. They're really I love them with Trevor Lawrence. But when you said breaking, that really stuck with me because they are. They're low key starting to break down, whether we want to admit it or not, because they're fun to watch. And that being said. Um, I have Clemson scoring 28, and then I have uh, Georgia scoring 35. So just inching over a touchdown and uh, beating Clemson. Nice. All right. All right. Well, that about wraps things up with the sports department. We went a little longer than usual, but we hope you guys enjoyed it because I did. We had a blast talking about this. But uh, I'm going to hand it over to Tommy. And, uh, Jack, we want to thank you just for joining us today and just – being a great co-host, and we hope to be seeing you in the future. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Anytime. Sweet, sweet, sweet. And without further ado, Tommy, what do we got for pop culture? Yes. Uh, two biggest things, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we have Certified Lover Boy, which is Drake's album, uh, coming out tomorrow. For us, it's tomorrow at 11. We're in the central time zone. Um and then we also have Shang-Chi coming out tomorrow. There's been early screenings in bigger cities, but there's an official release date for tomorrow. Um, super exciting if you're a Marvel fan. I, for one, you guys know I'm not a huge Marvel guy at all. I actually kind of low-key dislike the Marvel movies. Uh, but Shang-Chi, I hear, is a great flip in the direction that Marvel movies have gone, which is a similar formula of, uh, you know, the, the you, there's a character, a bad guy with a motive, the the good guy beats up the bad guy and saves the world at the end. 
but I hear that it switches up a lot with this film and that that's what the direction of the new Marvel phase. So I would like to see that. And that being said, you know, Shang-Chi, I will be watching it. I will be reviewing it. Um, that'll be on Tuesday. So big, big day on Tuesday. And as well as a review of Certified Lover Boy, which is like what we've all been, you know, it's been Drake versus Kanye, Drake versus Kanye. I've enjoyed Drake's, uh, I've really enjoyed More Life. That's usually his most hated album. For me, it's more nostalgia than anything, but I think it's, it has some of Drake's best songs and some of Drake's worst songs, Do Not Disturb. Uh, Madiba Rhythm is a really fun summer jam. Uh, 4422 and Gilchester, like such a banger. So I really liked More Life. Scorpion has a lot of sleeper hits on there as well. As much as you, people hate the song, it's a stupid title, Ratchet Happy Birthday. Dumb title, but as much as people hate it, like I think it's a fun, fun song. I don't see as much hate in Scorpion as people do. I'm and I'm not biased towards Drake. I will I like I hated the Dark Lane demo tapes. I hated Care Package and I almost hated Scary Hours too, but once it needs it actually with if Lil Baby Lil Baby carried the track, let's be real. And yep. I'm you guys know I do not like Lil Baby at all, but he carried the track. I have to be I have to be fair. So what Drake has in store, if it's songs like that, I think it's going to hit you know, this is the longest Drake has been without dropping an official uh, studio album. And that's big because Drake has been the biggest name in music, whether you love it or not. Drake has been the biggest name in music for the past 10, 12 years. Um, yeah. So very exciting stuff. Stupid album cover with the pregnant girl emojis in different colors. I think that's just dumb. Could have done so many different things with an album cover. But he, I think he might just be joshing around and that there's a different cover, uh, if I'm being honest. But point, case in point, uh certified lover boy very 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 excited because i've never seen drake take this long and drake has given me some of my favorite songs of the past you know 10 years but he's also given me some of my least favorite so it's going to be sh probably shaky but uh the question really is and i hate to sound like a broken record will it be better than donda um i got i i enjoyed donda i gave it a you know six and a half seven out of ten i thought it was a great album um so will certified lover boy beat that Will it be bloated with tracks? Will it be have a good, uh, solid concept? Who knows? But I'm very, very excited. So I hope I've hyped it up for uh, hyped it up enough for you guys with both Shunky and uh, Certified Lover Boy. Cool little movie news. Just to wrap things up, make this really quick. Um, my favorite actor of all time, Robert Pattinson, has apparently killed it once again in his role of the Batman. Early screens have been uh, test screens have been coming out, and a lot, a lot, a lot of positive things are being said. Wow! Uh, so that makes me very, very. That happy. is exciting. I yeah. hope they, I hope they release it on HBO Max. I think that might be a possibility, but uh, we'll see. I'll have True. to watch it. Yeah, with DC and HBO Max. Um, yeah, they're saying that there's no way it's not going to be rated R, and <laughs> DC has not missed with their rated R films: Joker, Suicide Squad, and there's one more I know I'm forgetting. Snyder's Cut. Snyder's Cut. Snyder Cut. Thank you. Those those are all excellent. You know, four out of five star movies, which is a great film. And I am very, very, very biased with Robert Pattinson. I loved him in The Lighthouse and Good Time. I, two of my all top five favorite movies of all time. Uh, but yeah, very exciting if you're a fan of Batman, if you're just a fan of superhero films. It's when DC goes dark, they, that's what DC is. They're like a dark Marvel. And lately they've been trying to be as happy and bubbly as Mar Marvel, and it just doesn't work. But when they go dark, it works. Yep. Uh, so. You know, the Batman test screen, that's pretty fun. And then Shazam 2, speaking of DC, also just wrapped filming. Uh, the first movie, while it is, while it is very flawed, uh, it's it's a fun time at the movies. And it's a fun time, you know, little popcorn, sit on the couch, 
you know, watching it. So can't complain. Not too many complaints for me. I can, I can get into the technicalities of it, but you know, what's the fun in that? It's, it's an okay film and it's fun. It's fun, whatever. Um, so yeah, the, uh, second uh, installment of that just wrapped filming. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, and yeah, so big superhero movie news. Um, but just to let you guys know, the last episode in September that we record is going to be absolutely insane because there is a new movie coming out every weekend in October and it's huge. And it's so huge that there's, uh, there's a date, I think it's October 22nd. We've got last night in Soho French dispatch and another movie called Jack ASS because we try to keep it clean here on the podcast, but Jack ASS forever, which is the fourth movie of that TV show. Like it, it's like that, but with every weekend in October, so many incredible films coming out in October. I can't even begin to stress like how big October is going to be, not only for the world, but for our, like our podcast, it's going to be huge. Cause we're going to have something huge to talk about every weekend. So I'm hyping that up because it's September. Um, so be expecting that in about a month, we got a month to prepare because things are about to get crazy. And just to t- cap things off, because we've actually done really, really good on time. As far as like a special episode is gone. I'm really, really proud of, how well uh how nice and tight this episode's been um just gonna give my top films of the year so far uh post october so just give me my top films so at the at the bottom fun film um it, just because at the bottom does not mean anything i've seen a lot of bad films this year but i got a quiet place part two fun film i found myself a little bored in some parts but ultimately pretty good um and then right above that i have the suicide squad uh Honestly, like I don't usually laugh when I watch movies, but this film had me on the floor. It was awesome. Idris Elba, <laughs> they need to they need to really cut the stigma of not giving superhero actors an Oscar. I understand it, but they need to cut that stigma out because Idris Elba deserve the deserves the Oscar. Incredible performance. Um, above that, I got Z- Quirky A24 movie, which Kirk, Quirky and A24 goes together like peanut butter and jelly. So are we surprised? But a really quirky movie about a thread of tweets that is Hmm. real check it out if you haven't seen it i got zola uh next i got pig the uh debut movie of marco starkovsky or starvosky um literally just a movie about how nicholas cage is a truffle farmer and his pig his best friend is a pig and his pig gets kidnapped i guess pignapped and so he goes out on this journey to go and find his pig and he really just finds himself and it's like i I've cried three films max. Uh, Zodiac, Moonlight, uh, and Where the Wildings Are when I was younger. So I guess four. And then this film. I, I don't ever cry when I watch films, but this film had me like a newborn baby. So I got Pig. Um, next, I got Old. A lot of people have a lot of bad things to say about Old. I thought it was excellent. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan film. I thought it was fun. Great summer blockbuster. So I got Old. Um, also very, very, very visually stunning. Uh, and you cannot say visually stunning without mentioning my number two pick, which is the green Knight, which was my favorite film of the year. A 24 absolutely bombs it out of the park. Green Knight, Dev Patel's best performance. Um, such a fun and beautiful film that has, that is really just a metaphor for life and for committing to your promises. One of it's, it, it's one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen in my life. The green Knight, And then at number one, you guys know, I talked about this on Tuesday. I could talk about it forever. I've seen it two times since, and that is Candyman, the new Candyman. Um, if you like Nightcrawler, Joker, The Lighthouse, movies where characters that are a little broken, but they start off fairly normal, start to spiral into insanity, this movie, you have to, have to, have to see this movie. 
uh, incredible performances, uh, a really scary score that just leaves you feeling ugh, just like you need to take a shower after you get out after listening to it. Uh, really, really, really eerie. Beautiful film. It's only ninety minutes. Really quick and to the point. There's one, two, three, you know, sections. Boom, and it's over. I have nothing but high praise for this film, and I've seen so much hate for this movie and i just do not understand it i think critics are getting it all wrong i think people who watched it that don't like it are getting it all wrong it is the greatest film of the year so just wanted to give that uh give that out that those are my films of the year so far uh because come october that is probably going to change quite a bit so we have that certified lover boy shang chi coming out this weekend that's it for pop culture um as always guys it's been a huge blessing and a huge pleasure talking to you guys um so brandon if you want to go ahead and give your give your closing Guys, this episode was jam-packed. We know that, but uh, we hyped this up, and gosh, I think it lived up to the hype. It absolutely did. I want to thank Jack again for joining us, and uh, uh, Tommy, just always killing it with pop culture, but uh, Tommy, if you want to go ahead and close it. Yep. As always, you guys, such a pleasure. We'll see you Tuesday with a bunch of big news, and I am Thomas Hicks. And I'm Brandon Matula. Matula. And let's see how we do this. All right, all right. One, two, three. Stay Stay hot, my friends. My friends. Okay. (laughs) Well, maybe we always have next week, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys. You have a great weekend. We'll see you all on Tuesday with some pop culture. See you Tuesday. Bye.